This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. The topic of this podcast, and it's the second in a series of podcasts looking at teaching children how to write and learning how to write. The title of this is called The Language Arts and Learning to Write. What is the place of the language arts? What are the language arts? So let us begin by differentiating between the arts part of language arts and the writing part of language arts. Now the arts part includes such things as poetry, drama, stories, scripts, creative writing, memoirs, song lyrics. These are important parts of a language arts curriculum. And I'll be describing these in other podcasts. Students are often highly motivated to write these sorts of things. Here they can learn about the impact that their words have. Words can be used to connect you with other human beings, to understand and express emotion, and to see the commonality of the human experience. As well, words can be used like a camera to capture and preserve moments of time. And words, when used as art, can take you to places where numbers can't go. Poetry, stories, and other forms of the language arts takes you into the corners of the human soul, a place where objective academic language is like oxygen on the moon. However, don't you hate those howevers? In the real world, Most of us have never been asked to write a poem or a story. Neither have we had to respond to a writing prompt or a story starter. Nobody has ever looked at our memos and told us to go back and add a little more detail. Nobody has asked us to put more adjectives in our writing to make it more colorful or exciting. Nope. Instead, in our real-life adult world, Most of us use writing to move ideas from point A, our head, to point B, the heads of others. And we must do this in the most efficient and effective manner possible so that people will actually read our words and understand what we're trying to convey. Also, Many of us have discovered the hard way that if we write using too many words, people are less apt to read them. As well, if we use too many adjectives or use language that is a bit too colorful, we tend to lose credibility. Finally, if we overuse qualifiers to really, really make a really incredibly very big impact, we end up having very little impact. That's just the way of it. So we have to keep the big picture in mind here, that the ultimate purpose of education is not to prepare students to succeed in a school environment, but to succeed and thrive in a real life world. Towards this end, Shouldn't writing instruction reflect the types of writing that's done in a real-life world? Well, let's explore that. 
So let's look at putting the art in language arts. We'll start by defining our terms. Art is not something beautiful. Art is something beautifully expressed. The arts are an expression of ideas, emotions, experiences, using a variety of medium. The language arts use language in various form to express ideas, emotions, and experiences. We use words to paint pictures. And why do we include the art in language arts? Why are the arts important? First of all, number one, the arts of any kind are part of what makes us human. They provide a venue for our natural inclination to create and express, and they're a record of who we are. <clears throat> a thousand years from now, when people are digging through the remnants of this age, they'll look at our movies, our books, our music to get a sense of who we are, not our spreadsheets. The arts promote, preserve, and express our humanity on both an individual and collective level. Second, from a psychocognitive perspective, the arts enhance learning and the ability to learn. When embedded across the curriculum, the arts promote different, more expansive ways of thinking. For example, creating poems as a part of a science or social studies class would invite students to think about curriculum topics differently, to see concepts from different perspectives, and to engage with content more deeply. And from a neurological perspective, the arts help to establish new neural pathways and expand our neural networks. The more expansive your neural network, the better able you are to learn new things. And the third reason why to put the art in language arts, the best way to learn to write is to write, share, and get responses from other human beings. When language becomes an art, students are more motivated to both create it, consume it, and respond to it. For example, if I gave my students the choice between writing a report about grain exportation in Bolivia or working on a script for a YouTube video, most would choose the latter. If students were given a choice about which of these they'd rather read, the choice would be the same, the YouTube video script. And if my students were given a choice about which they would like to use as a basis for a small group discussion, the choice would again be the YouTube video script. Now, the transfer of language arts skills to writing in the real world may not always be apparent. That is, most will not be writing poems or stories, creative essays, or YouTube scripts. However, the type of writing in the language arts is incredibly important because it provides a strong basis for other types of writing. As indicated earlier, the processes used to create language arts is similar to the processes used to create academic, technical, professional, or formal writing. The process is the same. As a matter of fact, academic writing at its best is a very creative endeavor. 
Just like any type of art, you're looking to express an idea. You're looking for form and patterns. You shape your ideas and revise. The process used to write an academic article or textbook, compose music, or write a creative short story are all very similar. And the fourth uh, reason why the arts in language arts, why the arts are important. The arts help you perceive things you might otherwise have missed. This perception may be internal in terms of your own emotions, motivation, and intent. It can also be external in the form of people, conditions, and situations in your own life or the world around you. Now in my book, I wrote a story about a homeless man I encountered. When I first had the encounter, I knew I was going to write about it and share it with my class. So immediately I started noticing. And as I sat down and began to write the story, I remembered more things about the incident. And as I revised, I connected it to other things and began to see what it was I wanted to say about the experience. The act of writing, of creating art, of expressing this idea helped me understand it more deeply and connect it to other things. So, a small autobiographical detail, a little background to help you understand. When I first began writing so many years ago, I was not a writer of textbooks and journal articles. I started out as a creative writer. That's how I saw myself anyway. I wanted to be the next Kurt Vonnegut, writing funny stories and insightful books. Alas, alack, I was not a very good creative writer. Now, I had everything necessary to be a good storyteller, except the ability to tell a story. All my stories lacked plot, and a story without a plot is a very sad thing. Go see the play Cats if you don't believe me. A story without a plot is like an amoeba without a spine. In college, I started writing weekly columns for the college newspaper. <clears throat> my, my goal was to make these columns funny and insightful, just like Kurt Vonnegut. These columns weren't all that funny or insightful, but this experience enabled me to learn about the power of words and the importance of revising. I also discovered how writing shaped my thinking just as much as thinking shaped my writing. And I saw how my words put together in various ways could make people laugh, get people worked up, inspire some, and even offend others. And the thing about writing for a college newspaper at a small college is that you live amongst your audience in very close proximity. Every week, I saw how people responded to my stuff. I'd walk around and I'd hear the conversations about the column. This enabled me to develop a good sense of audience. And I also discovered that no matter what I wrote, some people liked it and other people didn't. didn't. That's the way of it. They interpret it based on their own background experience. And I get this same sense of audience with my YouTube videos, my podcasts, and online articles. The response or feedback I get is incredibly helpful, especially the negative feedback and comments. 
You know, seeing what people respond to negatively enables me to address these in the next podcast, YouTube, or online article. So the feedback is always good. It gives you a sense of audience. Now, as I stated, I had absolutely no intention of writing academic books and articles when I started my real-life adventure back in 1981. But sometimes the current of life pulls you along. When it came time to begin to learn the craft of academic writing during my PhD program at the University of Minnesota eight years later, I had a solid foundation upon which to build. I understood the writing process, and I developed some basic writing skills. And while I wasn't a good storyteller, I found I was a good splainer of things. This was due in part to the sense of audience I developed writing back in college. It was also a result of being a former second grade teacher. When teaching primary level students, you quickly learn how to break things down and explain them in ways that your students can understand. In this way, writing a chapter describing the neurocognitive model of reading is very much like teaching my second graders about amphibians. With both, you must find the salient ideas and explain them as simply as possible using as few words as possible. So, what are the big ideas from this podcast? Four. First, students need their own writing topics. Students should be encouraged to express their thoughts and describe their experiences to the greatest extent possible. This is called authentic writing or authentic writing experiences. Not all the time, but much of the time. Now, when I sit down to write a book or a journal article, nobody assigns me a topic. I get to write about things that interest me. I get to write, I get to research things about which I'm curious. Research and writing seem effortless here. However, I've also had experiences in which I've had to write a chapter, an article, or a report about stuff I wasn't interested in. Writing is incredibly difficult here. It seems as if I, I stare at my computer for hours and nothing comes out of my head. Second, students first need to write in order to learn to write. So we need to celebrate the idea in whatever form that idea takes. Yes, there's times and places to learn and become proficient in various writing forms in genre, including what Gloria Ladson Billings refers to as the dominant academic language or the culture of commerce and social advancement. However, learning and becoming proficient in one form will make it easier to learn and become proficient in another form. Third, students need to get real responses from real people. Sharing writing with others is what makes it come alive. Seeing how people respond to your words gives you a sense of what is effective and what is not and helps you develop a sense of audience. And finally, we need to keep the art in language arts. Remember, 
Art is not something beautiful. Art is something beautifully expressed. Celebrate in your writing instruction the beauty of your students' words. This has been the Writing Instruction Show, or the Reading Instruction Show. We've been looking at writing instruction. 